0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to Wedding Pros. I'm your host, Phil B. about and with me well, whatever. It's my co-host, Brittany. Everybody knows Brittany. We're not doing a take three. And today we're talking with Megan Ely. Megan is the owner of OFD Consulting, combining in-the-trenches event experience with a love for wedding PR to empower her clients to take their businesses to new heights. A longtime industry speaker and writer, she is a wedding pro educator with The Knot and Wedding Wire, as well as a regular contributor to Wedding Planner Magazine, CaterSource, and SpecialEvents.com. Megan represents clients globally and has earned them coverage with the New York Times, Martha Stewart Weddings, The Knot, Refinery 21, Domino, Forbes, and Real Simple, among other outlets. Her team's publicity efforts are regularly honored by Public Relations Society of America. Special Events also has featured her as one of the top 25 young professionals in the industry. Most recently, she was awarded the 2021 NACE Speaker of the Year Award. She's a longtime supporter of industry associations, and Megan currently serves as the 2022 International President for WIPA for the next 10 days. Cue the intro. Wedding Pros is a place for all like minded creatives to come together and learn all aspects of a wedding business. I am your host, Phil Beabout, and with me is my ride or die and lovely co host, Brittany. We are wedding filmmakers in New England and love chatting about all things wedding related. We talk about not just the creative sides of our industry, but the business sides as well. Brittany has a background in business marketing. And in a previous life, I led large scale teams at nuclear power plants with multi-million-dollar budgets. We love bringing on guests that are more knowledgeable than us who can bring different insights to the table. Sit back, grab a pen, and get ready to take some notes. You might want to brace yourself too because we have some real, raw, candid conversations with no filters. So let's get after it. Megan, thank you so much for being on today. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks. I appreciate it. You got, you got a countdown on for me for some of my bio. I like it. Yep.
0: <laughs> well, no. So I can't tell you how much I appreciate the fact that, um, like, all of your information your bio, your headshots, everything is just in one spot. Like I just clicked a link and, and downloaded a zip file. And I was like, oh, thank well, God.
1: Can I say <laughs> in, in really the people to thank, and this is before we, we had crossed paths. I sent out about a year ago, I reached out to about 25 podcast hosts and mm-hmm. I said, I'll give you, I literally sent them all Starbucks ahead of time. Like in good faith, they would do it, and I think, yeah, I think I said ahead of time. And I said, I just need five minutes to tell me what you need, and so that is what became of that. Is all these guys said, I need horizontal photo, I need this, I need that. So thank you, podcast people, (laughs) awesome. (laughs) Easily bribed with coffee. So I'm just gonna
0: (laughs) throw it out there that we did not receive a service. I was gonna say it's before we knew each other. It was,
1: oh gosh, I think it was a year over a year ago. I know. Note to self. You'll be first in line for my survey next time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So let's let's start at the beginning. How did you make your way into public relations?
1: I was in high school. And I took one of those career tests. I'm sure you guys took them too, mm. if you remember mm-hmm. it or not. And I don't know what I put in there, but then it said, boop, 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 like as computers sounded in the nineties. And I said, <laughs> you'd be great at public relations. And I thought, oh, like who know, like, don't take me any further with that because there was barely an internet at the time. Right. So you know. I just, I kind of, it was tied to the media. I already, I have always loved the media. I made magazines, people, fake people, magazines growing up. Like that was kind of my thing. So when I was in high school, I actually started telling people, you know how that there's that kind of commonality when you hit like junior year, Oh, where do you want to go to school? What do you want to study? So I just tested it. I said, Oh, public relations not really sure. Sh- like I was probably about 22% sure what that was. I got so much positive feedback about it. I'm like, I should do this, I think. And after a while, as one does, I actually researched the discipline because I don't think anyone should just, that's not career advice. Like don't <laughs> just go on a whim what the moms tell you you should do. And once I got a better handle on, I thought this is right up my alley. Like this is right up my alley. And so went to JMU. I from New England. So we, we've bonded offline on that already <laughs> on a few different things and went to school for it and just loved it. But I also felt to pull to the wedding industry. So I found a way to combine the two, but Pierce started when I was about 15 years old, taking a, I was clackety clack on one of those old nineties typewriter, not typewriters. That's really, that's 1890s. <laughs> I was, I was on one of those old computers, Apple II, whatever. And it told me I should do it. And then, you know, I'm a rule follower, so I, I yeah. went for it. Mm-hmm. Thanks, career test.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I, I love those little tests. I wish yeah. I could remember what they said for me. Well, that I was funny? probably something like really, yeah, well, I was in Ohio and I was like, I, I need to get out of Ohio. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what's the best way I could do that? So I joined the military and went to California. Yep. So, <laughs> that's
1: the that's way to do it too. Direct I got an all expense, flight. all
0: expense paid trip to California for 15 years. So yeah,
1: <laughs> but yep. Good old career test. That's how I got my start.
0: So, so that's what?
1: Awesome.
0: What, when I was reading through some of your bio on, uh, OFD, mm-hmm. what does OFD stand for? By the way,
1: I knew that was coming. I had a few, you you, you pecked me for someone who was going to ask me that. So I was like, that's mm-hmm. going to come up. So when I was in school, like I said, I, I looked at PR, all these things, but I did have a bit of a pull to the wedding industry. It just seemed to be very like attractive and it looked like fun and parties and very, I think 21 year old brain like that just seemed fun. Mm-hmm. So I announced in my graphic design class, uh sophomore year, I was going to start a wedding planning company and call it one fine day. That was it done already. Mm-hmm. You would think the okay. song, it was probably more the George Clooney movie if I know, if I know myself uh, in college. And so when I made the decision to combine, so I did do events for, I was actually in events for about eight years, seven and a half years, I should say. And I, you know, I knew at the end of the day, I wanted to get back to truly my love of PR full-time. And I thought to myself, well, I'm kind of attached to this name. I'd used it in like some senior projects and just always in the back of my head. I thought, why don't I shorten it to OFD, which is kind of stands for one fine day, but not really. My business coach hated it. He said, no one knows what you do for a living. And I said, just wait, I will, that's my job. You don't have to worry about that. And to to make it unsexy, no one else had the name at all anywhere. So I could trademark GoDaddy, all of that. So that's what OFD stands for. I, it's, I wish there was a cooler story, but it's yeah, like mean, it really cool. Yeah, yeah. It's, a it's, and got some, it's got some yeah. like history to it, yeah. like it's yeah. a little Easter egg. It's, yeah. it's it's a wink and a nod to uh, prior aspirations, right? That's what I like to say.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. No, that's that's really cool. Yeah.
2: So and one, it's a, one th- a fun story to tell. It's it gets a conversation started. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, for me, it's it
1: comes up so much that I put it in my FAQs. Like I could do like a three hour workshop on how to get featured by all the major publications. Hey, does anyone have any questions? Hands up. What is OFDC? I'm like, have you been sitting on that for three hours? Like it's in my FAQs.
0: It's buried, but that's, that's really funny. So I noticed I think it was in one of the FAQs you had made an offhand comment about a remote flying out of your hand because it was slippery. So you yes. bring your own clicker to I events. Do. So do. what, do you have any like fun, like just speaking stories? Like oh do you my have gosh. something that's
1: so Let me just say with the speaking thing, with the, with the hand, you always want to bring your own clicker if you can. Right. And I was on, it was when it was a big wedding show. They wanted me on the main stage. I go up there, they hand me one and it's so slippery. It not just, I mean, it's one thing to fly to your hand when you're at the ground level, but when you're on like an actual like fashion walkway, I mean, that was awkward. So that was, that was that. (laughs) <laughs> um, and that was my one time where it was just like, and hilarity ensued. I've been in a lot of rooms where like, yeah, you, know, you end up with like the fire alarm going off that that's happened before we've had ones where, and it, maybe it's not as funny, but like nice experience in Houston, they put me in the trade show floor, which was not a good idea because we had a nice crowd. They're like practically pulling down the pipe and draping and making more chairs. Like it was just kind of a wild ruckus of a time, but it was a lot of fun. Um, we have had, and I can't, Name names. I'm not right. I'll name names offline, but not here. Where I was in a particularly awkward situation where I was coming after no, 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 no. I had already gone, and the person up was a very well known name. I would say the name, you would know it immediately. And I'm not going to say who it was because I don't want to, I want to protect the guilty here. (laughs) And so we go up and they're speaking and there is an event coming in afterwards. It's like a funeral celebration of life and they are going way off. Like I'm a timer. When I speak, mm-hmm. 45, you need it in 40 minutes and 30 seconds, done. You need to add five seconds, done. Like I will do it. I take after my dad. I've that internal clock. This person, not even naming Mr. Ms., whatever, just kept going, and so because everyone was too polite, I had to like cut them out because they were literal. I mean, it's not funny, but there were yeah. literal mourners coming, and yeah. it was so wild. So that that was one of the crazier kind of. But in terms of funny, I mean, it, you know, it's it's the thing flying out's funny. Um, fire alarms end up ultimately being funny, especially when they happen to other speakers and not to me. <laughs> uh, Wedding MBA was wild this year because I would. Do you guys know Terrica, the speaker Terika? you will, once you, once you meet her, you'll know her. And she's a very, she's a great speaker. We go up, we're about to go on stage together and there's just clothes flying everywhere. Cause she's like putting on a wedding dress to go out on this big stage oh. to talk about wedding trends. And so it's just a mess. So, so my things are like little moments of funny, but I've never had like yeah. a hearty horror on stage. Not yet.
0: Well, I think what you were just talking about with wedding trends is a perfect segue. Yeah into changes in the wedding industry and yeah. what what i really wanted to talk to you about was staying relevant inside of our industry mm-hmm. and um one thing that I, you know that i was actually talking to well no that's, that's a lie i was reading in a facebook group <laughs> is somebody was like um yeah, I, I want to say, like, I think it's been 12 years. I think, like, 2010-ish is mm-hmm. when the DSLR camera came out. Oh, and then man. Wedding, what a difference. Yeah, wedding films started to change from yeah. what was literally a five-minute long clip of ham hey, on a plate to more – that's not a joke. I just seen that. That was in somebody's parents' wedding film. Uh, <laughs> it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. But – um but to more like cinematic films to where you're incorporating audio mm-hmm. that are more portable, like you can get more creative, et cetera, et cetera. And that that yeah. like redefined the videography aspect of things. Uh, and it seems like we're due for some changes. So yes. I guess like how how often do you see things changing in the wedding industry kind of in general? Like, is there a mm-hmm. uh like on average, like an evolutionary time frame to where you see something go from. Okay,
1: That's a great question. I wish more people would ask that. So you've got fads, trends, shifts, in my opinion. Okay. My humble opinion. Fads come and go. That is a half a season to a season. That is, oh, look how funny this is. Somebody has a dinosaur inserted in the back of their picture now, and it's chasing them. That's a fad that goes like that. It comes in, it comes yep. out gratefully, it does not stay, right? Right. And then you've got the trends. And it depends, of course, I mean, gosh, 15, 20 years ago, trends were a lot slower. They would say, well, I'm in Richmond, Virginia. Take three years for the trends to get here. Thanks to social media, all this stuff, it comes much faster. It's usually within the 12-month cycle. Trends are going to last one to two years uh, with rare exception. We're going to talk about that in a second. And then you've got the shifts. Shifts you're going to start to see, and to answer your question, like, what's the timing on that? Those are like, that's, we're not going back trends, you've got ones that are shorter and the ones with longer legs, like are the mason jars ever going away? Why do they keep being repurposed? I don't understand, <laughs> you know, the blush and gold didn't go and There's a reason for that. Like, it, like the pandemic stretched things out because we kept postponing things. Right. Right. But then, and then you've got the shifts and that is like the near permanent changes that is going to be the the DSLR cameras. It's going to be, you know, 18 years ago when the first photographer said, you know what, I'm going to give you the digitals instead of you buying all the prints, you know, and that was a change. Um, And so I would say every five to seven years, although that's accelerated when you get huge milestones such as the pandemic, right, that's going to accelerate some of the shifts. And so we are, and you're very right on that, we're on the precipice of change Yet again, I would say we were about to gear up for it. And then the pandemic kind of accelerated that. I would have said, you know, we, the first thing is that millennial shift to Gen Z. It looks mm-hmm. very different. I mean, not to brag. I just took a Washington Post quiz about speaking the speak of Gen Z. I got a five out of six. Okay. Because <laughs> I watch a lot of TikTok. So oh, I was like, so I'm that's in that's the 41, but I get it a little bit. I get I get five, sixths of it. But it's going to be the millennial shift out. And then it's going to be the shift in of Gen Z and how they do business. So that's going to be, that's a big one coming up. I would say that the pandemic also made us very mindful of like, it's okay to have smaller celebrations. Like that hasn't changed. There's going to be a larger, like everyone expects it's inclusivity, it's sustainability, it's that social, you know. Be like it's doing good, you know. People are going to be focused on that, so I think we're in the throes of it. And I would say to answer your question, it's every five to five to six years you start to see these shifts. I think it was accelerated with the pandemic. So, but but it's those milestones. It's the rise of technology. It's new equipment that comes out that changes things. And if I may just add here briefly, is we're also in the throes of change because I'm sure you all experience this wedding boom. And that's not going anywhere. Like everyone, think what, what we're going to go back in 2023 and suddenly have a manageable workload. This is this is where we're at. Inflation is here. All these things are here. So I, I've been doing some more talks on the state of the industry and like how do you manage and what's kind. of, I don't want to say the new normal because I'm sick of that. That's a what's up. Anyways, I could go on and on, but I, I would say five to six years. It, it, we usually see some shifts. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you know it's funny that you bring up sustainability. Um, so we're we're friends with the planner out here from KG Events. Her name's Kristen, and yeah. um, her wedding was just featured in People because mm-hmm. she did. Oh yeah, like it was, was almost
1: beautiful. Like, I saw that.
0: Yeah, it was almost a hundred percent sustainable. Like it was, it was pretty mm-hmm. wild with the what what she did. Yeah, to kind of you know that was carbon offset things, and yeah, no, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just say, Br- to sorry?
2: say, did you do an article that got that? wedding featured? In like No, we had home.
1: some, no, that's all her, but we did, we had, um, several people magazine pickups
2: in the last couple of months. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But that was all her. That was or, or her and a team. I'm not sure, okay. but no, I do know Kristen. I was very excited for her.
2: Yeah. No, that was, we got to spend some time with her at Engage and that was a lot of fun.
1: Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, I thought it was beautiful. I mean, what was interesting about it was It was a People Magazine feature of a non-celebrity. You don't see that very often. That's where my brain goes, you know, because we yeah, yeah, when we get People Magazine features, it's we got pickups during the pandemic that were article related because we were in crisis. But usually it's relegated to that. So the fact that she was part of what seems to be a newer series on,
2: you know, the rest of us folks, the non-celebrity, I thought it was a huge win for her. But it also goes back to what you were just saying about the trend of sustainability, like highlighting um, that and the importance of being Mm -hmm. sustainable in this, what can often seem like a very disposable one-time use industry.
1: Absolutely. And I think it's more of a, that's always been there to a degree, but now it's demanded of the clients and that's, that's a good shift. You know what I mean?
2: Mm
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what, what do you think is next? Like what's, what's on the horizon?
1: What's on the horizon? Well, so it is going to be that millennial shift. Like if I'm going to get Mm -hmm. businessy for a second and then we'll get into the trend side of it. It, It's going to be a big shift in how we communicate with couples period. They are not on email. So who's going to, who's going to cry uncle first on that? Are you throwing in them on Slack? Are you open to more texting? Are you like, what are we, how are we going to reimagine this? You know, it was a big shift to get everyone just to do, can you imagine all those, You got to get your contract signed online. People are like, what? And it's like, obviously we're past that. I hope if you're not, pause your podcast, come back and listen a little bit to the listeners, go digitize your contracts. And then, and then we go from there and then, but I would say, so it's going to be how we communicate with these couples, those expectations, what they're looking for and so on and so forth. So that's going to be a big one. If we're talking trends in general, and I was going to say not to get too negative, but we are, you know, a lot of what we're seeing with the pricing and all that, that's going to be a continued challenge for the industry. There's a lot of joy that's going to be coming, but I, I, It'd be silly if I didn't like admit that that's something that we've got to be mindful of as well. Now, when it comes to trends for next year and kind of what we're looking for, retro, nostalgic. I mean, and the thing is, I just, and not knowing how old you guys are, okay, I'm just going to say this, but nostalgic is not the way I thought nostalgic was. Nostalgic is like, oh, look at the stuff from the nineties. I was like, okay, I remember, wait, what? So it's a lot. I know it's the eighties and nineties. You're going to see a huge, like nostalgia brings comfort to people. And you're seeing nostalgia put into events very differently than they were before, right? So it's going to be the location. And I don't mean a Victorian home. I mean, we had uh, one of my clients, Leah, with ColourPop Events did this great. The T, is it the TWA? It's the airport. It's the hotel at JFK. That is yeah, like the yeah, old I, I think it's called,
0: yeah. twa. I think it's Twa, isn't it? Like it's.
1: I think it's a TWA. Well, I don't know, but it, it was very. I just seen,
0: I just seen something about that.
1: And, and I love that in disco, the bulbs, it's so crazy. It's like the disco balls are everywhere, but not in the old way. It's like in the decor we seeing it's yeah. that nostalgia. It's that, that, um, I hope I use this correctly and I want to make sure I get this. It's the photography looks different. It's that direct flash right now. You know how it used to be for years with photography, like, oh, you can send your photographer away after like the miles, like the cake cuttings and stuff. But now they're like, no they're going to dr- you want these people to drink all night and then have a direct flash on their face so it looks like they just crawled out of studio 54 like that's what these guys are looking for that's a huge part of it and i would also contend color and i don't want to press too much on pantone color the air viva magenta and all that but that is mm. heading into don't the direction
0: get me started of- with pantone
1: <laughs> oh, I know. Which one's the least favorite one you've ever? Do you have one uh, that just you were like, n- this
0: is garbage. no, 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 no. It's the whole company. They oh. pulled everything from Adobe, and now you have to pay an additional fee to use oh. Pantone color profiles, which used to be built into oh, all Adobe files. I'm, I'm sure so my you, husband, you pay, the
1: designer, would tell me about that. Yeah, you pay
0: for Adobe now, and then you got to pay an extra hundred bucks a year to license the Pantone colors they, they pulled. Okay, it.
1: that's no good. I was just going to say that. A-holes. That, yeah, that baby blue and baby pink was garbage, but you have a bigger fish to fry with them than I, I do. So, But, but it's bold mm-hmm. colors. I mean, people are looking for, we're seeing reimagined unique lighting, mirrors, mirrored elements are just big right now. So we're getting, it's flashy, but not in a... Kim Kardashian wedding. Yeah. Like placed. an
0: opulent. It's, it's, yeah, it's not, not an opulent it's, flashy. And the thing is, you know.
1: Opulence is in, in a lot of regions around the globe. Like you're still going to see opulence in Dubai and, and oh, in yeah. India and all this, but here we're playing with people are, are playing a little bit more with, with that and saying, okay, this is what we're looking to do. So lots of color um, and again, sustainability, things like that. So we've seen some very, very cool things coming out and uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, People want to gather. I guess that's how I'll end that. People want to gather. Yep. And they want to see each other as much as possible over these long weekends. And that's a positive, right? Or whatever they do, weekdays, weekends. So I don't know. Yeah. Am I hitting? I hope some of these resonate. It's always hard to talk trends because I someone's like, Really? I don't see that at all. I was like, okay, never mind. <laughs> no, it's
2: kind of funny that you mentioned disco balls because literally last night we were at um Chico's design party. And oh, um, Yeah. He he mentioned the um, yeah that's disco what, yeah, balls. Right. He's like I never disco balls. I hate he's like disco balls. He's like, but tonight they just look they hit right. And I was like, you know, I have never been like pro disco or anti disco ball. Yeah, but I was like, I like, a I
1: like them tonight.
2: Like I like it. Yeah. And so kind I of love funny. what I'm
1: seeing these days. I love what I'm seeing these days with disco balls. Like I love the infusion and, and they're not like turning around and shooting out lights or anything or lasers. It's just <laughs> in, I don't know what disco balls are, but it's coming in into actual like floral elements. And I just think it's, again, it's nostalgia and it hits that level of comfort that we all want. Right. Right.
2: hmm
0: yeah, it's, speaking of lasers, I would really appreciate it if we did not use lasers at weddings. <laughs> that would be fantastic.
2: <laughs> well, oh, we yeah. we were shooting
0: felt- we were up in New Hampshire doing a wedding and all these little beams start coming out. Really? And I asked okay. the DJ and I was like, "Dude, are those like lasers or is that a light?" And he was like, "Oh no, those are those are lasers." Oh, and I was thinking to myself like, "A those are literally eye level with all of the guests and every laser beam says, do not shoot this into somebody's eyeball. And two, if it hits a camera sensor, oh, it burns yeah. the pixel into it. Like you can't, re- like you, you can't replace it. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. So then so, we were forced to sh- film from behind him so mm-hmm. that. Oh my God. That was Looking ridiculous. into the audience. It was mm-hmm. or into the guests. Well,
1: people like flashy in different ways. I mean, some better than others, but they do like flashy in different ways. Yeah. And I, I think it's interesting to see how this is being reimagined going into 2023.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm excited to see what 20, 2023 kind of has in store because, mm-hmm. you know, 2020 was obviously pretty rough. 2020, and yeah. Yeah, and then 2021 for us was just ridiculous. We did 41 weddings in 2021. Mm-hmm. So as we, compared
1: by like, what is that? What does 41 by comparison look like, though? We we normally uh, try to 80, hover 80, 80. it around 20. Okay, got it. Mm-hmm. And then
0: so yeah. this year we overcompensated and we did 12
1: because uh-huh.
0: we were like we taking a break and. Yeah next year where you know our target is like 18 to 20. So
1: yeah. Well that's with me with speaking engagements. I I was one of the ones who held off traveling in terms of speaking. I was probably one of the last to go back on the road. But what that does was my 2022 became a lot of contracts I needed to make good on. Oh, After right. years, like I had one with Seattle that was like a three-year-old contract, you know, because I waited. I I really did wait. No regrets on that. I'm glad I did. But I, yeah, you just, so then you had to relook at next year and say, all right, like we can't keep repeating this. You right. Know?
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just, I, I talked to, so I mentor people yeah. and I, I was talking to somebody and I asked them, I was like, how, how many weddings do you need to shoot next year? And
2: yeah. they
0: were like, as many as I can get. And I was like, Ooh. that is not the answer. Like that's no. no, like that's so.
1: Yeah, we were just talking about, I, I, so I, my, all my money stuff is with Michelle Loretta. She's who my grandmother would have called a smart cookie, B Sage <laughs> consulting and not sponsored by her, but she um does all my, my, my income. Like we look at the numbers, cash flow, all that. And she's a genius at that. And what we've come down to, it's not about how many of this and that, how much money. For me, it's about net income. What What is the final, you take all the expenses out, what's left? Th- that's what I care about. You know, it's not as many as I can take. It's a very, you know. Right, calculated. What makes them, yeah, it's very calculated.
0: Yeah, I yeah. mean, I literally will take, you know, if we need to make X amount of dollars in the year to live just like normal. Mm-hmm. And then I just divide that by what we charge for weddings. And I'm like, that's how many weddings we need to shoot.
1: Yeah, that's what you do. And you got to like, do it that that's... way. Like this year, we made, we kind of re- again reimagined how we're doing our speakers offering. And I, this year, my total income for a year was a plan to be less than the year before, but I'm profiting more and I, I have more time, you know? So, like, that's yeah. fine by me. <laughs>
0: Yeah. No, it's important. Like it's it's important important to be
2: mindful of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think too, that the pandemic kind of taught us that it was that, you know, time at home or the the special time that we have that is like off is Mm -hmm. ours and that we value it a bit more than what we used to Absolutely. You know, for
1: me, and do you know
2: what it, and I agree with you in that it
1: also gave me a better idea of how I want it, what I want my role to be in this company. I know the answer is and for all of us. Well, yeah, we're owners, but you know, are you the technician? Are you the leader? Are you the manager? And I realized during the pandemic, cause I had virtual school. I was, I was with my kid eight to one every day. And then I worked every minute. Right. Otherwise it was awful all over all of learning third grade math again, running your business. All of it was awful. But I realized I didn't want to be a manager. I, I don't like managing. I don't like looking at something saying, oh, that's wrong. That's right. I I actually prefer being a technician. I like working with the editors. And so you learn about those things, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's so interesting.
0: Yeah, fortunately, uh, both of our kids weren't old enough to be doing online uh, anything. So they were just at home just hanging out.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's pros and cons to both of yeah. that,
0: but for us, yeah. it was,
1: it was good that Oliver could go do his own thing once in a while, but it was,
2: yeah. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I try no, to forget I mean, that time period. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to go back, but no, ever.
0: <laughs> here's, here's a completely wild story off topic. Speaking of yeah. that, uh, the incoming kindergarten class went yeah. all online at the school that our kids go to. Right. Okay. So when they came back for the first grade, they had no idea how to get on and off the buses. So it is, once you do kindergarten, you learn how to do all of that stuff. Like our son is in kindergarten and that's okay. one of the big things. Like he, he knows how to navigate that system now. By yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh
0: they didn't God. factor in that none of these kids had done any of that. And they're hands off with oh the first God. graders because they've done it the year before. So they left a the kid on a school bus and they found him at like a bus depot in the back of the Stop bus. It.
1: Oh, no.
2: C- poor COVID yeah. kid. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No, we like that. We didn't you well.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like this poor kid was just like, he didn't know what to do. He's just left in the back of the bus.
2: It was just like one of those gaps though. One of the like things that we just kind of like forgot. I yeah. mean, we didn't, and that parent definitely didn't, because I met her randomly at a, a running event for our children, and she yeah. was still pissed off about it. Oh, I oh, would
0: be. Yeah. Oh, George yeah. Lucas about to sue somebody. <laughs> I can tell you that much. <laughs> so.
2: But it's just kind of crazy how there's like been little gaps that we have to like fill in for um, that otherwise we would just kind of like, oh, just go about our
1: business. It's like hey. yep, no, absolutely. And but but we also had like not as the same as being stuck on the back of a bus, but like coming back into the world of speaking. Listen, I've been speaking forever and virtual, but like talking to other humans other than my son and my husband. Yeah, I forgot yeah. how to do that a little bit. So there was definitely a learning
0: curve I think for a little while their society forgot how to interact with each other. It was yeah. a yeah. complete shit show there. It was
1: Yeah, I felt like I was one internally. So, so I mean, I definitely to put me back at, I think TSD was my first foray back in, but I was just not me, you know? I mean, I spoke on stage, I think I did well, but that day-to-day, where I just didn't want to be near people after all that time, you know what I mean? So now I feel like I'm on the other side of it very gratefully. I mean, I know the pandemic still is here with us in a different way, but
2: it was just, it took time to get back and kind of get back into society, you know? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like just everything about it, uh, yeah. socially, um, also, I mean, I, I mean, we all. Not to traumatize us all and go back to like, yeah, oh shopping. let's dig oh boy, in, here let's comes. dig in, here it comes. <laughs> all of our traumas. But no, it's it's been an adjustment, and also like coming out of the pandemic, yeah. we we did business differently too. We like, mm-hmm. oh, we're gonna actually go and live our lives for a year. We're gonna do that vacation. We're gonna spend that money, and now we're like, okay. Yeah, we, we, spent we, uh, we, we, gotta, we spent that money back We realized we spent
0: that money. Yeah.
2: No, I mean, I get that a
1: hundred percent. Like we just, we, we decided there were different priorities and things we were going to do differently. Yeah. It's yeah. all very interesting. Plus, I mean, we all, we live on zoom still. I mean, I've got a zoom after this. You know, we're on zoom. I've got one after like that didn't change, you know, yeah. less and we
0: percent. still can't get it right. We <laughs> no, still can't figure I out how to connect our headphones. We still can't figure out like. <sighs>
1: I do joke about that. That's my long running on WIPA. I run all these calls, right? And if I mess up something, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. It's my first day on Zoom. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's like my 5,000th day on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: so let, let's talk about getting getting back to quote unquote normalcy and that kind of stuff. We, the best we can. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so... Brittany and I we we went to like she said uh our buddy David DeChico's holiday party last night. Yeah. In case people can't hear it in my voice, I went a little ham. <laughs> you,
1: had a, you had a good time. <laughs> oh, that's that
0: is an understatement. Yeah. But when we were leaving, like I made a comment to Brittany. It feels like we're part of the cool kids now. Mm. And Brittany was like, the problem is staying part of the cool kids
1: relevant that's so funny i am gonna ask okay wait okay i know a question's coming but wait a minute wait 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 Mm -hmm. let me dig it because i hear this cool kids thing sometimes and i was like i don't even know what that is but so do you think cool kids is related to relevancy then you're saying you would tie that in okay yeah
0: absolutely absolutely you you need to be inside of so i'm 41 and (gasps) me
1: too exactly
0: What's yep that? i was bo- i was born in august
1: oh just a baby <laughs> uh-huh. february <laughs> okay yep
0: yep i'll be 42 next year so mm-hmm. or no yeah next year what am i saying
1: basic right. math <laughs> phil basic math <laughs> uh,
0: so yeah i mean i uh i view it as uh, so I, I don't know if you know phil van osteren i'm sure you do he's in oh yeah yeah so mm-hmm. Phil kind of beat something into me that your network is, is your net worth.
1: That is a book. Bu- like, I hope he didn't take the credit on that because that's Keith Ferrazzi said that.
0: Yeah, well, he well he said it to me. <laughs> uh, so I'm not saying that he took credit. I'm just like, that's what, like, he, he like, really impressed that into me.
1: Yeah, I've got the book right here. Yeah, it's very yep. true. your net no, uh Never Eat Alone.
0: So, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, no, that's what he was talking about. Never Eat Alone. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I need to get, it's part of his book club. Anyways, that's a completely different topic. Um, so yes, like I view the people that you surround yourself with as also the relevancy that you have inside of our industry.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I do agree with that.
0: And we will be right back. Are you tired of aimlessly flipping through mediocre at best music for hours? Do you find yourself wasting valuable time on projects just trying to find that perfect song? Bring in Musicbed. The first time Britt and I looked at their library, I remember saying, we could use any of these. Musicbed has a massive library of elite musicians used by brands like Nike, Samsung, Apple, and ESPN. Having a hard time finding that perfect song? Reach out to a specialist who can help do the searching for you and create a list of songs specifically for your project. Imagine the amount of stress reduction you would have with music selection being a breeze. Imagine how much time you can save during an edit by having a massive library of meticulously selected songs. What would that do for your productivity or quality of life? Musicbed is your solution. Click on our link below to see our hand-selected playlist. Use code WVFB at checkout and get your first month free when you sign up. MusicBed was simply a lifesaver for us. Tired of paying an enormous price for your website? Are you paying more than 12 or 13 bucks a month for multiple websites? Because we're not. We use Cloudways. You can pick your own server, pay as you go, no lock-ins, and get a free SSL certificate. Cloudways uses WordPress applications, which are included in the price. Did I mention that they will migrate your website over for you for free? Plans start as low as 11 bucks a month. We run all three of our websites off of a Vulture server through Cloudways, all for half of what the leading website host costs per year for one. Save yourself time and money with Cloudways. Click on our affiliate link below to start your free trial. You'll never look back. We didn't.
2: And now back to the show. So,
0: so how do we stay relevant?
2: So that's a great <laughs> question, and and I'm glad Phil introduced
1: you to that because it's very true. I have used that a lot in my talks as well. Uh, for anyone who hasn't read. Never Read Alone is a fabulous book about the idea. of So relevancy to me works in a few different ways. And, and one of it's going to be pure knowledge, right? It's going to be one of the reasons, because if I go and talk about trends, the fact of the matter is that's not pushing people to my publicity membership program. Like there's not a direct correlation there, but it keeps me fresh. It, yes, I'm 41, but it keeps me on top of what's going on, what's relevant, so-and-so. forth. So that's that's first and foremost. It's just knowing not only the trends in the industry, but also what's happening in our industry as well, where we should align ourselves. And then it's also the company that you keep. And I do agree with you on that. It's gonna be, you know, we talked a little bit offline about WIPA and, and Phil's actually the WIPA New York president. I think he'll mm-hmm. be it again next year. Whip is a group people, I mean, don't get me wrong, I do other groups as well, but WIPA is the one people should be aligned with right now. And I'm, I would say that, take the presidency out of it our numbers speak for themselves, all this stuff it's it's the right place to be right now. So that's relevancy. it's where are you networking? What information are you you taking in? What sort of company are you keeping? Great example, Phil's book club, I'm sure is enlightening. I'm also sure it's filled with great people that you sh- you guys should know, right? right? The three of us were talking offline about engage going to the right conferences. What are the, and that doesn't mean engages for everybody. You know, I was just at Coterie. That was my choice and it was great. It was the right place for me. I'm signed up for B-Sage. I'm going to Cutter to DWP coming up. Uh, you know, I was just in London. Like that's my kind of people. So I think, you know, relevancy, like I said, it's the people you keep, it's the groups you go to, it's the people you get to know. It's the information you take in. And last piece, how do you stay relevant? It's also- being front of mind that's the publicist in me so I'm wearing that hat for a second is it it's it's so funny cuz i keep it as an engine like i'm always speaking i'm on podcasts i'm doing all these things i, I want to be relevant in front of people i would encourage other people to do the same whatever works for their company it's you guys have a podcast so that's amazing like you you've already got that relevancy coming in bringing in the right people so and so forth but it could be the speaking it could be prioritizing For those that it makes sense for having their weddings in Martha Stewart or people, you know, great for Kristen for that. So to me, although I agree that relevancy is all those things, I can't help but wear my PR hat and say to stay relevant, you need to make sure your voice is being heard amidst the crowds of all sorts of other
0: people. Yeah. One thing that I've, I've tried to impress upon the people that I mentor is I, I get a lot of people that are like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't have a lot of inquiries coming in or I don't have, you know, X, Y, and Z and. I always tell them that if people don't know that you exist, you're not going to hear from them. Yes. You can't expect,
1: I built a website. Why aren't people coming to it? Why aren't I first
0: page on Google? Like that's, Yeah, it's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and it's, it's, no, please go ahead.
1: No, it's, and it's that share of space. That's what I always say. It's that, what part of the space where you want to be, how much do you own that? That's what relevancy is, you know, and it doesn't mean you can't share, but if you're the one who is making sure that when you've got, and I don't want to get too far into competitors and stuff, because I just, I don't really pay mind to that, but knowing the share space you have versus the other people who are, you know, the couples are looking to book as well. So there's a lot of ways to, to tackle relevance. You just have to ask yourself why do I need that? What does relevancy mean to me? What is that going to do at the end of the day? Besides like beyond vanity, you know, cause I think that's important for people for sometimes the wrong reasons. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one, one thing that I really take to heart is I don't and I don't want to say this meaning like I don't think I have competition because that's not what I mean. No, I know like, what you I don't mean yeah, mm-hmm. I I don't view uh like I'll give you a good example. While we were at engage, uh we met up with a guy who's a videographer in Rhode Island. And for okay. those that can't see, I'm physically pointing <laughs> for some reason, like I'm pointing <laughs> to Rhode Island. But anyways, uh, oh my God. <laughs> name's Kyle, super cool dude. And, you know, would you say that we are in direct competition with each other? I guess. But mm-hmm. there are so many weddings in New England. It is yeah. pointless to view people as a competitor. As a
1: competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just,
0: it seems like it just breeds the wrong mentality. Sure. Like, you know, like I just, yeah, I don't know. I've always been kind of say- stuck on that.
1: And and no, I do agree with that. And I would say there's enough business to go around, right? And I'm coming from the side of there are literally like seven publicists in the world who specialize in the wedding industry. If, if we don't all have enough business, for goodness sake, you know what I mean? Like that's, right. they've got, there are bigger issues at hand here. And I think there's a line between being mindful of what other people are doing versus actually caring too much about it, right? Like I don't follow any of my competitors. I don't, you know, but it is good to know and get a bit of a pulse once in a while of yeah. what people are doing, but that's it. Cause you don't want to be singly, singularly focused either and say, Oh, well my way. And that, like, we need to be open to new ideas, but I agree with you. I have a similar take on when it comes to competitors and you can be relevant again in your own ways, because going back to relevancy, who are you relevant? Who do you want to be relevant in front of your peers? You know, couples, the media, like what, what's your target audience with that, you know?
0: Yeah. And that, that's a great thing. Um, one thing that I've noticed, uh, I have noticed that a lot of people and we've seen it in nuclear, but I've noticed a lot of people in this industry become complacent. They become stagnant and they get way too comfortable. Or they get angry.
1: Sorry to interrupt. Do you see that yeah. too though? They get kind of bitter. I see that too. That's hard.
0: Yeah. I um so it's it's one of those things like what what do you think about people? Let's let's say that you have become irrelevant. Okay. How would we how would you recommend somebody go about kind of getting that? I think credibility might be a good word, like how to get that relevancy back. How do you like, get that you,
1: back? Yeah, ooh, that's hard. First of all, I would we got to be very, very careful about relevancy. We can't be anecdotal about it. What does that mean? What's relevancy? Relevancy to me, I'm a quantifiable kind of girl, right? For me, if my relevancy is tied to speaking and podcasts and and I look at the lay of the land and I'm nowhere where I used to be. I mean, things have been flu. I didn't do wedding pro core this year, uh, but I did the last 10, you know, or something or like whatever the equivalent was with wedding wear. That's okay. Now, if that was a case where I wasn't anywhere for the year, that's a relevancy issue, but there, see how there's like a quantifiable data behind that. So mm-hmm. the first thing I think people need to do is one, don't panic, don't get anecdotal about it and, and really think to myself, okay, am I Am I panicking a lot about this? Am I really not relevant? Like, what's going on? So, from there, you have to redefine what relevancy is. Again, don't try and paint everything. To, is it the people I keep? Is it the press side of it? Is it what is that going to be? And then for me, I always say, I mean, this gets a little academic, but if you're setting up goals for relevancy, I'd like to be more relevant in these spaces. What are the objectives to get there? If it's one, of, if it's someone who's like, you know, I just haven't done a lot of like press and all this stuff, fine. What are the last, what are the best three weddings you have coming up last, last ones in the last year? Prioritize submitting those. Um, have you done, like, take a look, maybe relevancies of people I keep and I want to be the right people. Well, what organizations do you belong to and which ones do you need to align yourself with? What conferences are you going to? Which ones should you be aligning yourself with? You know what I mean? I, I just, yep. I, I, I can't help but quote a Peloton instructor that Ford is Ford. Word is for it. So so if you, and by you, I mean the royal you see a snag in this and see a deficit, make sure it's quantified and then set up objectives to get there.
0: Yeah, I'm really glad that you brought that up because my uh, my graduate work is uh, um, in business continuity. Okay. So a lot of that was spent taking things that were uh, qualitative into quantitative.
1: Yeah. Like
0: it was, it was going from the, the woo woo ether into something that you could make like actually actionable and do things with.
1: Well, I feel people panic. We get anecdotal. I mean, people come to me all the time and panic on my office. hours. oh my gosh, I'm, I, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this. And I'm like, well, show me the numbers. Tell me what you mean by that. Because sometimes we just, we can't help but be emotional about our business. It's our baby, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I actually, I use that argument a lot when I'm talking to people about various topics. Mm -hmm. I tell them all the time, you're just being anecdotal. And they sometimes get mad at that. But
1: (laughs) But it's the truth, you know, and and I've had, I mean, I dealt with this a lot with WIPA, where someone would say, our chapter is having all these problems. They they didn't feel relevant in their market. And I'm Mm like, well, I'm, I'm hearing this, but your retention is up, like you're doing, you've got this, your numbers are up, your attendance is up. Like, tell me how, like, are you, are you feeling this on the inside? Are these feelings trying to get out or where's the math? to show me that, you know?
0: Yeah. hmm Let's, uh, why don't we chat about OFT consulting? Why don't we, right. why don't we talk about your, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I think, I think you did. Why don't you t- tell us about it?
1: So it goes back all those years, right? I, I, my career test told me I got into the wedding industry, and and I enjoyed. I did events, I did weddings, corporate. Every I can tell you, every year at this time, and at the time this recording, we're we're wrapping up. You know, it's the holiday season. I get a little wistful of those that high energy holiday party kind of energy, right? You know, and so that's what I used to do. And it, but at the end of the day, I could have had the best six figure party, great weddings, all this stuff. And nothing was better than. Yeah, I get occasional pickup being a part of like a local wedding association. Occasional pickup mentioned in a local magazine or paper, and that just filled my cut cup eight thousand times more. And so I knew I needed to get back into it. I won't bore you with the details of the origin story, other than I moved on. I, I knew I wanted to eventually. Like twenty eleven was my year, right? Going to start OFD. It was two thousand nine. I'm going to do it. I'm engaged. Going to get married. Did get married. Spoiler alert. And <laughs> bought a house. All this stuff. And Plans have a way of changing. I ended up working for someone who was was very unbalanced. That's a kind word. Just just very scary. Not a good person. Later went to jail for battery of his wife. Never put a hand on me, but just a Dail. terrible person. Terrible person. And I came in after all of that. So like I was gonna be director of catering, six figure salary, which 14 years ago in Richmond for a director of catering would not have been. Like I would have been one of the highest paid directors of catering at like 27. And I left after three weeks and said, I can't work for this person. This is scary. And so I went out on my own. I went out early and I worked part-time and then made my way within a year full-time. And so the kind of, it's like, well, what is OFD? We give a voice to people. We we see the best in people and make sure those outside of, of like everybody else knows about these people. So it's going to be real wedding submissions. You know, one side of it is Real wedding submissions. We do a lot of counsel on PR, just like you mentor. We have office hours where people come in and they're like, I've got this People Magazine wedding coming up. How do I get that prepped? You know, and all that. So we do that. And we also connect. So we have a lot of writers. So I might have a writer with, uh, just today, actually, just today, we were chatting with someone finishing up an article for the next digital publication of Brides, and she needed help on something about the cost of DJs versus bands, da, 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 da. So we connect our writers to our sources through the OFD Collective. The other half of what we do is we represent speakers. We're in, we do education for people who want to do more speaking, weddingindustryspeakers.com. You'd ask me, you're like, do you own that? And I was like, yep. I own like 90 URLs on GoDaddy. Like I own every... Get some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people collect stamps for a living. I go and GoDaddy. I'm like, what's an exact mesh domain I don't have? So that's what we do. I mean, day in and day out, It's. I joke that it's kind of a made up. It's an invented job, but I'm honored to have it. And I have a small but mighty team that supports that.
0: So who's who's your target audience? Is it photographers, planners...
1: It's, it's yes and yes. So on the OVT collective side, which is my primary business. So that's going to be people who really benefit from having their expertise and work out there. So if someone really wants to jump into real weddings, it's always going to be my planners, venues, photographers, and florists and designers. I would say those guys benefit the most from it. You know, I might have someone who's in entertainment come to me and want to do it. And I tend to, it makes me a bad salesperson, but I just say, you, you won't benefit the way you don't have, you're not as directly connected to the photos and the details. Like we got to find a different way for my tier two, the ones who say, I need, I want the counsel, I want to know how I can break into things. I want to be quoted in the New York times. There runs a gamut. I mean, we have people there. It's going to be people, usually five to 10 years in business who have the expertise. Cause you can't be one year. I mean, you might have the, maybe you have funding a year into business, but you don't, You don't know events to waste someone 10 years in business knows events. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So we're looking for those. um, We tend to attract also people who are looking to build links for SEO. Like they were like, I want the press portfolio. You either want a press portfolio that really impresses the discerning couple, or I want a press portfolio that gets me all those sweet, sweet backlinks. (laughs) (laughs) so those tend to be my people the speakers my speakers tend to be you actually are chatting with some of them they're they're industry experts you get some b2b consultants things like that so it's a mixed bag they all like cats too i find (laughs) most of them are animal people
0: (laughs) that's pretty funny yeah Um, it's true it's true though (laughs) that was random the um what was i gonna say how let, let's say that you've been in business, let's say 10 years. Let's say that you're well-established, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, How yeah. How hard is it to get into, say, the New York Times? Like what, like, is there a process for that? Is there? I a- mean,
1: if it was easy, I wouldn't have a job, right? So that's the big thing is if true people story. do it. Yeah, it is true. <clears throat> so, it, you know, when it comes to getting into the top peer publications, that's New York Times, that's being quoted, right? Brides.com then any of those as well. If you do it on your own, it just takes, you have to build up the time to want it and do it. And so that sort of thing, anytime you're laser focused and you're someone who wants to build up the time to do it yourself versus like bringing someone into kind, because people bring in publicists to expedite the process, right? Like I could do my own taxes, but it would take like six years to get one year done, right? So I bring in somebody else. So so when you do that, it's going to be a matter of paying attention. People think PR is having a bullhorn and just shouting about yourself, but it's really, you know, taking the time to sit down, New York times, go to the wedding section, you get to know who the writers are 20 to 30 minutes a week, go ahead and get to know their bylines and, and read what they're writing about. And when the time comes that you really have a good handle on what your flex is, like, what, what do you know best? Like you could say, Oh, I'm great at weddings. Well, let's, what is it really? Is it videography? Is it going to be entertainment? Whatever that is, find the writers at the New York times or wherever that, speak to that that would benefit from knowing you that would benefit knowing you as an expert because of your expertise your content what you can provide to them then you reach out to them in a matter of just introducing yourself you'd love to be considered da, da 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 and then and then we wait and see you know it takes time i mean our first new york times took a few years when we first got started but now we work with with people regularly so it, obviously it's expedited a lot faster
0: yeah so i can't just tag at New York Times, <laughs> that's one of my actually the best. And... That's
1: the best way to never work with them. <laughs> there you go. There you I go. always say the editors and writers say all the time, like I mean, you want to tag people when you're part of their right, you know, reps on that, but you absolutely do not want it. Like, don't do that. Like, that's that's what I tell people all the time. So I always say at the end of the day, it's going to come down to making sure you're building that relationship, and it takes it takes time. It just takes time.
0: Yeah.
2: So I have a quick question. Yeah, please. Young Megan, ten years ago, starting out, nervous about starting her own business. What would you tell her today about the path, the journey that you've come, how far you've come, and mm-hmm. the successes and every and the pitfalls and everything else in between? What would that's you a say? Great question to um, her today?
0: Jesus, birth, that's a podcast. <laughs>
2: That no. is a whole podcast. No, no, no. You no, just went really- through
0: three sections of a podcast right there.
1: <laughs> that's really, no, that's a great question. I would say your, no, begin to understand what success means to you, right? Because mm-hmm. in the first few years, you, fr- like I see what the other publicists, that other people are doing. I'm like, oh, that's nice. They have like an editor's standard, you know, and you want to be a part of that. Then you think, no, like to me, success is that net income, that paying my bills and being able to be the room parent of my kids, like that, my success looks different than others and that's okay. So I would say clearly define what success means to you and be open to that evolving. That, I think that would be my biggest takeaway. Um, and just make sure, and I'm glad I did this, but I'd want to reinstill in 10 years ago, Megan, like prioritize, but don't rush finding the right team to support you. That's going to be the Michelle Loretta's. That's going to be my mastermind and things like that. You know, the book clubs of the world, like find the things in the support team. Oh, last thing too, delegate. As soon as you can, get it off your plate. If it's not yeah. something that's your do best. I did a VIP day yesterday in DC with, with a gal named Kelly Ampick. She was really lovely. And we identified all the things I do in a given month, you know, for the job. And hand over heart, the, the percentage of things that I do that I shouldn't be doing, you know, that really should go to somebody else, is less than 1%. After 14 years, it's less than – everything I do is purposeful. So I would tell that early person, get things off your plate. Trust, trust other people.
2: I love that. Yeah, I just – I asked the question because I feel like our audience – it started out with just entrepreneurs, and then we like to yep. uh, we like to be more inclusive of the wedding industry in general. And sure, so many people get discouraged early on, and it's it's a balance. It's learning to figure it out, like you said, what success means to you. It's it's a very individual thing. It's a very personal thing, and it it looks different for everyone. And
0: mm-hmm.
2: in this day and age, where we're all comparing ourselves to each other on Instagram and, you know, everything else, it's important to dial back a little bit and just be like, this is your life. This is your business.
1: Mm -hmm. Do what makes
2: you happy. And and, what works for you. Yeah. And what works for you.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. Stop worrying about everybody else. Just pay attention to yourself. Like that will, that the rest will come. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. So Megan, before we wrap up, did Those you have anything else, else that you wanted to add? <laughs> did am am I a mute? Oh.
2: Um, my my
1: I'm cutting out a little bit. I think she's cutting out because she caught you after. You were you you have to start over.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. Well, I was like I was in the middle of saying that and was like, I know, Wait a second. I was can like, can they happen? not hear me? Did I I can hear I you stop? fine?
1: I can hear you fine.
0: <laughs> Anyways. 86 episodes in, still can't get it right. Uh, <laughs> no, what I was gonna say, Megan, is there is there anything else that you'd like to add before we kind of close out?
1: You know, I, I would say for people who come to listen today, which I think this is a great conversation and they want to dig in and it's relevancy and PR and all that, you know, I would say start incrementally, dedicate 20, 30 minutes a week to start to to those kind of PR endeavors. If you feel completely overwhelmed by everything we're saying about. New York times, all this stuff. I'm going to give, I'm going to leave with one tip that I tell people, if you want to get started, help a reporter out. It's called HARO, H-A-R-O. Just Google it. Anyone listening, what it is, is this free program where you sign up and then Monday through Friday, three times a day, with the exception of holidays, you receive one email at three times a day. And it's going to be all these press opportunities from journalists who are already working on articles in the wedding industry. But there's also like, not just wedding industry. I mean, that's, you get a few there, but you get like small business people who, who love Grey's Anatomies and cats like I do. I'm sure there's an article for that. And so what it does is it eliminates all the research. It eliminates that. And it says, you know what, you click on this person and you go ahead and just give them the answers to the questions they already have. So for anyone feeling overwhelmed, start there, incrementally work on it. And, And it just takes time.
0: Yeah, that's that's really good advice. Awesome
2: resource.
0: Britt, anything else? Oh, nope. Go ahead. You were about to say something, Megan. I could see it.
2: I was going to say,
1: she has a delay of about, I can hear it, about 20 seconds.
0: You'd think that we'd have stable (laughs) internet in your house because we we do video. (sighs) I'm at the very top
2: floor. (laughs) (laughs) Yep.
0: She's like yelling down from the rafters right now. Well, Megan, thank you so much for being on today. It was obviously awesome speaking with you. Uh, you have to check out her website. It's at Uh Her Instagram is at OFTConsulting. As always, all of the links will be down in the description. If you are a wedding videographer, don't forget to join our private Facebook group, Wedding Videography for Beginners, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, also called Wedding Videography for Beginners. I know, genius. We are still offering mentoring, and I really do enjoy that, so feel free to reach out about that too. We hope everyone is staying safe and healthy, and we will see everyone in a couple of weeks. All right. Brittany normally says like toodaloo at this point, but you can hear how much of a delay there is because she hasn't <laughs> even started moving.
1: Yeah, yeah. I heard moving. it and I assumed the way you guys ran it, I assumed you had an editor. That's why I felt comfortable to say, hey, like I can hear it. Tw- There's like a 20 second delay. I oh,
0: heard. no, I'm leaving everything that we're saying right now oh, because good. I'm the editor and Brittany oh, still has not acknowledged that we're talking.
2: Well, I'm I'm trying not to get in the middle of it because I know it's like totally off. I'm upstairs and it's gotten really dark in New England at four o'clock. So that's why I've gotten creepily more like voyeur-esque
1: in the background. You're fine. I know. Let's put that creepy wipe on yours. I know.
0: <laughs> so on that note, I am going to stop the recording. So bye, everybody. Okay. Are you backing up your footage? Is it seamless, running in the background, and easily available? Bring in Backblaze, the world's easiest cloud backup. Our workflow is so simple. We offload our footage onto our external drives. Then that evening, the files automatically start backing up into the cloud. There's nothing else for us to do. Imagine having the peace of mind that your footage is stored off-site in a safe location where you can easily retrieve it from your browser and that it is crazy affordable. That's Backblaze. Click on our affiliate link below and get one month free.